Hello, lovers. Welcome to the Nutrition Nuptials podcast. Before we jump into today's double date episode, a few announcements. First and foremost, if you are a couple or a bride-to-be and you are looking for ways to get on track with your health and wellness goals, head on over to nutritionnuptials.com slash starter guide to grab your five days of meal plans, fitness, and self-care. You'll find a five-day meal plan, a grocery list, a meal plan template, as well as a five-day fitness regimen and a self-care tracker for your hydration, sleep, and stress management. So head on over and grab that at nutritionnuptials.com slash starter guide. If you are looking for a little bit more extra help when it comes to your health and wellness goals, you can also learn more about my services I offer for brides-to-be and couples. This includes um, at-home fitness, learning how to meal plan, really focusing on the skills, so the meal planning, the meal prepping, as well as the fitness and how you're working together as a couple. You can learn all about that at nutritionnuptials.com slash brides or nutritionnuptials.com slash couples. And no, you don't have to be a Jersey resident in order to work with me. So I, through the power of the internet, have the ability to work with folks from all over. And I love getting to connect with couples from all over this great country. So let's uh, connect and help you get on track to your health and wellness goals. Now, on today's show, we are talking to a fellow dietitian and her pediatrician husband. And Some of us need doctors for various things, whether it's for our health or to help doctor up our podcast. And that is where the crew at Podigy comes into play. So Podigy is our amazing podcast editing company. We're a little busy here. And unfortunately, Taco and I don't always have time to work on the editing of the show. And that is where the crew at Podigy really comes in to save us and our show. So they are super quick, super efficient, and really, really professional in the work that they do as far as sound quality and giving advice, especially if you're newer to the podcasting world, they will definitely help get you up and running and on board with your show. They will also help out with these show notes. And trust me when I say that is a huge time saver to have someone else helping with that, especially when you are busy working on bringing on new guests and recording new shows. So if you are interested in working with an editing company or you're new or thinking about maybe starting a podcast, then definitely you want to check out the crew at Podigy. You can head on over to podigy.co, that's P-O-D-I-G-Y dot C-O, and tell them that Taco and Mandy at Nutrition Nuptials sent you. You'll get 25% off your first month when you reference Nutrition Nuptials. And with that said, I think it's time to jump on into our double date. So let's kick it off. Cue the music. It's the Nutrition Nuptials Podcast with Taco and Mandy, where we're helping couples learn how to live their happily, healthfully ever after. Hello and welcome to Nutrition Nuptials Podcast, where we help couples go from a me to a we when it comes to their health and wellness goals. I'm your host, Mandy Enright, a registered dietitian who hates diets. And normally I'd be introducing my co-host, Taco, but Taco is often about right now in Australia. So poor baby, he had to go all the way to Australia for work while I am here in New Jersey. The good news is we actually just spent the past week out in Clearwater, Florida for a little Philly spring training. And then we went to Las Vegas where Taco got to celebrate his 20th anniversary of his 21st birthday out in Vegas, watching March Madness and getting to hang with a bunch of friends. So he uh, somehow has made his way to Australia. I'll wait to see what returns home to me at the end of the week. Good news is Taco did have an opportunity to join me for our double date with our guest today. So don't worry, you won't be missing out on any tacos today. On today's show, we have Heather and Brian Liddell. They are the voices behind the blog as well as the Instagram account, The Doctor and The Dietitian. Heather is a fellow registered dietitian and Brian is a pediatrician for the United States Air Force. And between the two of them, they're all about helping 
parents learn how to raise healthy kids, healthy eaters. And we're going to talk with them today a little bit more about their own personal experience raising their kids and their experiences in their professional realm. So let's jump on into today's double date. Cue the clinking glasses. Hey, everyone. Today on the show, we have Brian and Heather Liddell joining us from Sacramento, California. Brian is a pediatrician with the United States Air Force, and his wife, Heather, is a registered dietitian. Hi, guys. Hey. Well, absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us today. You know, first question I always like to ask my couples is, how did you meet? That's a fun one. Yeah, you can tell the story, honey. Am I better at it? Yeah, so we met in, we were both in college. I was a freshman and Brian was a junior at the time. We met at the department store Nordstrom. <laughs> and it's oh, that's always what gets people. It's fun. But um, we were actually catering for an event there. And we just happened to meet, chat before our shift started. And my roommate and I were there and we met his roommate and him. And later he comes to say that he was just like trying to talk to me all night. And I vaguely remember speaking. (laughs) (laughs) Very lasting memories, I guess. Yeah. And, but what stands out the most is that we had found out that we all went to the same school and my girlfriend and I, my roommate, we realized, you know, we were freshmen. We didn't have cars. Like we had taken the city bus and it was like almost midnight and that's when the city bus stops working. And so we like assumed that these older gentlemen from our college would take like offer to take us home and they were just like see ya wasn't even on their radar so we were we left being like who were those guys they were so rude <laughs> yeah so your side well that's Heather's side of the story uh i was gonna my, say th- side. that side of the story makes it sound like brian you were trying to talk to her all the whole time but then like you had this chance and then like you took off Bless. yeah i mean from my side it was like I'm not a, well, I'm not an emotional guy, but love at first sight for sure. Like I saw Heather and was like, okay, I'm going to ignore my work for the night and just (laughs) try and find her and be around her. But you know, how was I supposed to know she didn't have a car? And yeah, you know, the details of that. I don't know. Apparently I didn't leave that good of a memory on the first day though. (laughs) But then he um, found me on Facebook. So this was like 2005. So Facebook was like just starting so he found me on that and like had friend requested me and, but he didn't friend request my roommate who he had met. So like, that was a big deal with my college roommates <laughs> being like, Oh my gosh, she loves you. Um, cause we were, I mean, I was 19. It's just crazy to think about. Like we were yeah, so a young. Long time ago. Um, and then, so anyway, look him up on his profile and he has a girlfriend. And so we're like, who is this guy? Like <laughs> it was sketchy. Scandal. Scandalous. <laughs> Right. Thanks, Facebook, for <laughs> making things obvious. You got to change your profile picture. Somebody, somebody forgot to update their profile status. Right. It's complicated. So, complicated. Uh, did that <laughs> exist? Was that a thing yeah. in 2005? Did that? I didn't even know it did knew it? that I was in a relationship in 2005. Somehow it just knew. I don't know. No. We <laughs> That's weird. But anywho, so you had to like end that relationship, and it was like the end of the semester, and. Um, basically just over break, you reached out again and had just sent me a message or something like, Hey, let's get together or let's hang out when we get back to school. So we did eventually yeah, started dating after that. Yeah. yeah I mean, use, if you, you didn't use oh, the, the Facebook poke function. <laughs> I don't think it existed then. I think that was, <laughs> I think I think was like one of the first I, things that I did think that exist. that was one of the first things <laughs> no one understood. Yeah. You could just poke somebody, Why which was I always... Probably- Oh, back and forth. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Good. yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> wow. Early Facebook dating days. That's amazing. Okay. Well, so the other details of this story are the reason I found Heather on Facebook is because this catering company we were working for, mm-hmm. she didn't show up for work the next day. Yeah. So I was, you know, in my mind, I'm like, wow, I met this awesome girl and <laughs> I'm going to see her at work in the future. And she just like no showed her job and stopped coming. And I'm like, I got to find a way to find this person again. I met her one time. I don't know much about her, and Facebook came through. So, Good a job. Facebook su- success story. Yeah. yeah, man, what 
stalking did we do before Facebook? Well, you actually had the Facebook, like my roommate was incredibly stalker, uh, but like, like he just had a photographic memory, but he like would go through the Facebook and like see picture, people's pictures, what school they were from and whatever, whatever other information was. And then he would actually meet them in real life and be like, oh, you're so-and-so from blah, 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 mm-hmm. who went to blah, blah, blah high school. And they're like, yeah, that's kind of weird that you know that. Yeah, <laughs> super crazy. <clears throat> yeah. I remember they offered us the option to buy the Facebook. Yeah, you buy the Facebook, yeah. And I didn't understand. I'm like, why? It looked like a really big yearbook, but I don't know anyone in it. Um, right, yeah. And at the time, we went to a small private school, and so it was like this big deal because they had finally added our school yeah. to the database. So, oh, wow. it, yeah, Facebook was just getting going. It started this, this love, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so we were in college, and um, we dated for about two and a half years and then got married. And, like I said, we were young. Like, we didn't think that then. But I was 21, and I got married the summer before my senior year of college. Wow. Um, and so he, like, hung out, and we were in Seattle. And so we, um, he hung out and got a job and waited for me because he had graduated earlier than I did, obviously. And um, he had plans to go to medical school, but just kind of worked until I finished up my undergrad. Wow. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And that was almost 11 years ago that we got married. Being that young, so did you live in, um, prior to you guys getting married, were you living in um, dorm rooms or apartments? Like, what was your living situation? And then how did you, what was your new living situation? Yeah, at the time we met, I was living off campus in an apartment with a couple other friends. And Heather was living on campus in, like, the campus dormitories. But I think, I guess you were in the dorms for a couple years and then... And then obviously when we got married, we got an apartment off campus somewhere. Together, yeah. yeah. I had moved out of the dorms before we got married. So my junior year, I lived with like roommates in a house and whatnot. But yeah, we went from always living with people to living with each other. Sure. Just the two yeah. of us. Yeah. Know? Neither of us had ever lived on our own, really. Mm-mm. Yeah. So we've always been with someone. Yeah. So yeah. how is that transition, especially I always like to ask like as a college kid, with the cooking. So yeah. maybe you went from, I don't know if you're at your house, you guys cooked or you had meal plans and then sure. now, now we're grown up, and we have to do this right. ourselves. Yeah. Well, I had an advantage of being a couple years ahead. So I kind of had like to learn when we were to cook a little dating, bit. One of the things I was like, this guy's legit. He would like, like, Hey, come over. I'll make you dinner. And he would like, <laughs> cook for me. And he, yeah. it was good. And he knew how to cook. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. I grew up in a family that was, big into food and cooking and mm-hmm. that aspect of life. So I think it just kind of carried over and I love cooking. So yeah, it worked out to my advantage. It did. Do so, you remember uh, the first meal? Well, I was going to go there too. <laughs> I think I do. I think my roommate, that roommate that he had met and I, he had us over at his apartment and I think it was just like a, some sort of like crusted chicken with I um, no like idea. rice and vegetables or something, probably like rice aroni sauce <laughs> <laughs> and some chicken and green beans. I don't know. I don't know. Was he it memorable? Was, when we were first dating, and I mean, even still, like, he comes from a more of a foodie, like, fresh family. And I was, like, green like green beans in a can. Like, I didn't <laughs> eat sweet potato until, like, I was in, like, a nutrition class in college. And so he, like, broadened my scope. Like, here's green beans. I'm like, these aren't green beans. They're not, like, mushy and probably <laughs> 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 They're real fresh green beans. <laughs> so I, my taste have evolved. <laughs> <laughs> so Brian, I have a I have a term for you know when when I make a meal and it's like exceptional and um, I call it a panty dropper. So nice. I guess my question is, what's your panty dropper meal? Man, I oh. guess it's kind of changed over the years. Yeah. I think when we first met, Heather really liked chicken Alfredo. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And I remember making pasta and chicken Alfredo for her a few times. And that was always a winner. Um, now? Over time, I don't know. I like it's, I like cooking Asian food a lot. Oh, so yeah. that's been the new thing over the last year is broadening out and cooking more Asian food. And I'm still more Italian lover, so I'd say. But he's uh, working on perfecting the gnocchi. So that's yeah, been good. I have been doing that. Like making your own homemade yeah. gnocchi? Yeah. Nice. Awesome. I'm coming over for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. All right. Yeah. Well, you can always know that the chicken Alfredo is always there for you when you need a, right. a, exactly. a, a good backup meal. Mm-hmm. 
So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, you got married and then you went into internships and med school or was it medical school and then residency or? Yeah, that was okay. Yeah. So we, I guess right after we got married that next year, I started medical school. Um, so that was four years of just busyness of school. Um, that was a big transition because we went from like, I had a really easy load my senior year and he was just working like 40 hours a week and it seemed so fun and easy and yeah. and you were excited because, you know, we're living together and all of the newlywed stuff and then moving and having like medical school is just a whole nother level. So that was a big transition of, yeah, it was a lot of transitions at once moving to yeah. a new state, going, me going back to school, Heather transitioning to the workforce, being only married for a year. There's a lot of transitions all at one time. I don't know. You probably remember it better than I do. I, I just felt like I was busy all the time and probably wasn't around as much as I would have liked, obviously. But so it was probably even harder for you. Yeah. I mean, definitely transitioning from a, like, you know, when you first are dating and engaged and married, like everything's exciting and like you're pursuing each other. And then like it was, it was still like that. And then we moved and medical school started and then it was like, Oh, we don't even like date anymore. Or like, come on, date. Like, what the heck? What happened? It's like medical school ta- is taking over my life. Mm-hmm. But we're able. I mean, we adjusted, and you just have to find that balance of fitting it in and doing. You know, life looks different, and you're different seasons. And yeah, I just had to draw some lines, like hard lines in the sand for myself. Like, I'm not gonna study after this hour. I don't remember what it was. If it was like ten o'clock 10. or. <laughs> 11 o'clock or whatever. And on the weekends I have this time to study and then I'm going to be at home and I'm just, when I'm home, I'm not, you know, I'm not studying or doing whatever and be intentional. Yeah. Just intentionally having like a line in the sand of like, here's where school stops and family starts. So. Yeah, that's definitely important. Um, for me, when I went back and I did my internship, so taco was working full time. So it was just me going to school full time. And I was pretty much a ghost for, you know, that 10 months or year, however long it was. So I can't imagine what it's like for two people to essentially be going through that and newly married and trying Mm -hmm. to build a life together. So I give you guys a lot of credit for really finding the way to, to make that work. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say it's nice to be on this side of it now, yeah. looking back at it. It looks like, like it was so easy Oh, yeah. It was now. a hard season, but we're past it. So. Yeah. Right. When but you drew, the, you drew the lines in the sand on, like, when you, you, you were going to be done with studying and then transition to kind of family time or time together. Yeah. How long were you guys, um, I guess, adults or grown-ups then before um, you had your first child? Um, we had our first in my fourth year of medical school. So we had been married, I guess, four, five. five years. Yeah. And yeah, my fourth year of medical school was a little lighter because I had already kind of applied for residency and kind of knew the specialty I was going to go into. And so I kind of pre-scheduled my electives and stuff that year to be a little lighter when we had our first kid. But man, that was a crazy transition yeah. going from being married to having a kid. I think that was probably the hardest yeah. six months to a year of our life when we look back at it. You know, a new parent, you're like, oh my gosh, this thing relies on me. It doesn't sleep. It has to eat all the time. Um, you don't have any of that time for yourself anymore. The limited time that we did have, that was a crazy year. Yeah. And how did your experience compare to, say, your friends? Like, did you have friends who were getting married around the same time? So you had something to draw on or were you like the first ones at the gates? And you're like, how do you do this? We had a few friends, um, classmates of mine who um, either had kids or were in the process of having their first kid around the same time. About the same time. So it was either people who had newborns as well or no kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, we definitely had a good support network of people going through the same thing. That's good. But at the beginning stages, yeah. I think our like experience too, I know for me, like, so I did my internship and then I worked for WIC. Um, before I got pregnant and, you know, Wick is very pro breastfeeding, which we were too, but then we had this baby who like wasn't gaining weight and I, I, that just remember being so stressful. And I think back, I'm like, if I didn't have that like knowledge, it probably wouldn't have been as stressful, but because I was like, I'm going to breastfeed, this is going to be great. Like it's going to be perfect. That was a lot more stressful. (laughs) 
Sure. Yeah. Anytime you have a plan and your life doesn't live up to your plan, it's probably harder. So especially for a a new pediatrician and a dietitian at WIC to be like to go through that struggle at the same time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, did you know you always wanted to be a pediatrician? Yeah, I kind of did before I even went to medical school. Those few years between college and med school, I I coached like some little league and uh, worked with some kids in our church and stuff. So I kind of knew that was an interest of mine. I had a few other medical interests as well, but yeah, I kind of knew ahead of time. And then when I went through med school and spent time in the hospital and doing my rotations and I like definitely knew that's what I wanted to do. How have your pediatrician skills come in handy as parents? We've had a couple instances. Our second son, he's had a few what's called nursemaid's elbow where his elbow oh. dislocates when we've been out and about. One time we were at a, at a college football game out of town yeah. and he was trying to go down the stadium, the stadium stairs. stairs and Heather grabbed his arm to kind of hold him from going down. He was only what, like two at the time or something? I don't even think he was two. Yeah. And his elbow popped. And he just kind of like started holding his arm at the side. And I was like, oh, I think I know what happened. I'm like, yeah. come here. And so was able to kind of put his elbow back in and not have to leave the football game. Oh, <laughs> was there lots of crying and screaming or was he just like, oh, my arm's kind of messed up? No, I, he didn't really cry. He just kind of like had this classic like little limp to his arm just kind of hanging there. And um, like wouldn't move it. Wouldn't move it. Oh, man. Yeah. And then but, I don't know, maybe three to six months later, it happened again yeah, and I was at work and Heather called me and was like, I think it happened again. I'm like, okay, put him in the van and just drive to the hospital. Well, he's like, do you want me to walk you through reducing it? I'm like, no, I'm just coming to you. <laughs> just to you. So she just came by and met me in the hallway right outside the hospital and I popped it back in. Yeah. That way she didn't have it's to go so to the handy. ER. <laughs> we had a couple almost stitches or needing like yeah, blue. had a few. One of our kiddos split his chin open. And so same kind of thing. It's like he just whips out his tools and can like put them back together. Yeah. Man, I bet, I, I bet there's a lot of people listening right now who are like, man, I should have been a pediatrician. That would have come in so handy for all these life situations. Or should have married a pediatrician. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I say people always like friends always ask me about they'll send me pictures of like their kids rashes or things and say, can you send this to Brian? Or um, they'll ask me, like, dosage for how much Tylenol can I give? And I should know that, but, like, I don't need to. So I don't even, like, store it in my head. Like, he's, like, my medical, my walking medical book that I can just, like, ask all those questions to. Yeah, I do get a lot of weird picture texts either forwarded (laughs) from Heather or just from people that I haven't talked to in a while. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a downside is what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, it's fine. It's fine. Like, you know. It's you don't stuff, mind it. But, right. yeah. It's just funny. I can't imagine how much money your parents would have saved if you had a pediatrician in the family. Uh, I mean, yeah. you know, broken bones and scars that go from your elbow to your shoulder and things like those don't cost that much money, right? <laughs> <laughs> or even just oh the time and trips to the ER. Yeah, well, I think yeah, all things considered. Money saved is there. Yeah. I mean... We've probably saved, I don't know, five to 10 ER trips or urgent care trips by just kind of knowing that nothing was going to happen or having in-house knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. And how many kids do you have and how old are they? So we have three. Um, Our oldest is six. He's a boy. Second oldest is four, a boy, and then 19 months and she's a girl. Nice. And Mm -hmm. um, so tell us a little bit about your latest addition to your family. Yeah, our little girl, we um, we adopted her through the foster care system. We actually started fostering almost two years ago, mm-hmm. um, but getting certified and stuff, and got placed with her um, in July 2017. She was six weeks old, um, straight out of the NICU is where when we got her. And this is also, I think, kind of plays into your background and why we took her and all that stuff, because she was born with a congenital heart defect. And, um, which is what are the reason why she's in the NICU plus she was a premature and all that good stuff. So anyway, we never, like our agency always asked us like, do you want medical cases or do you prefer not to have that? Because Brian, you get that at work all the time. And we just felt like we're probably more capable or at least don't feel as, <clears throat> excuse me, feel as scared about taking those kiddos because I have 
him that I can like call mm-hmm. and that he can um, help, you know, with his knowledge. So anyway, we got her in July and then um, just really walked through her case and with her parents, we didn't know what was going to happen. Like if we were going to adopt or if she would be reunified with her family and, you know, in foster care, the goal is always reunification with the biological family. So we knew that going in, but also dealt with like those emotions of being so torn, like we're loving her and caring for her. Of course, we would want her to be with her family if they're healthy, but we also don't want her to ever leave. So dealing with that, but um, yeah, we were, we're blessed and honored that um, we got to adopt her. We knew, we found out about February, her parents' case was kind of coming to the end and the county was like, nope, we're not going to move towards reunification. Are you guys interested in adopting? And then it was just like waiting, the court process of waiting. So it was finalized. We waited from February till November. November. It was finally, finally official. So we've had her her whole life and she's, yeah, like you said, 19 months now. It's crazy. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thanks. It's a good feeling. Yeah. So um, with these little people in the house, how is it that you're aiming to raise them, obviously, with a diet? So here's like the standards to live up to, right? You have a dietitian mom, a pediatrician dad. Are people surprised if they see your kids eating like McDonald's chicken nuggets and French fries? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, I think you probably notice it more than I do just being being full-time mom and... As a dietitian, people judge what we eat all the time. Like, or think like, you're judging what they're eating. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. Yeah. I mean, we're. I think we're trying to not set the standard too high. Like, yes, we want our kids to be healthy. We, I want them to desire to eat healthy food, but I want that for myself too. And I don't always, you know. So, like, finding that balance of like sometimes I just want like a bag of chocolate chips, and that's okay. But we also want to want the Brussels sprouts as well. So like finding that balance and, you know, encouraging that healthy, um, healthy outlook on food. I think it's a constant struggle. Yeah. And it seems like, um, with kids, there's like every kid's a little different too, right? Like our first was, you know, wouldn't gain weight as an infant, wasn't super interested in food. Our second was the opposite. He was at the top of the growth chart all the time. He's 10 pounds when he was born. Yeah, he was just, he's massive. a beast. Yeah, and then the girl we adopted, she she's like loves food. She'll eat anything all the time from the day she was born. Yeah. Um, so you have all these different dynamics <laughs> in the house and it's like you're trying to please all of that at one meal time, three times a day, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. So tell us, um, as parents of now three children, how is it that you're making time for both yourselves as well as each other to, you know, have a healthy lifestyle, maybe finding some time for self-care or fitness into your day or your week? Yeah, I mean, that also has changed through seasons, too. I mean, the big thing for me now is scheduling. Like, it sounds so lame and not, um, I don't know. Maybe it's not lame, but yeah, it's just like, you know, at the beginning of the week, we sit down, our calendars are merged on our phones. We kind of know every single day. Heather, Heather does all the meal planning and meal prep and everything the week ahead, you know? So that's the biggest thing for me is just knowing, you know, here's our meal plan for the week. Here's the days I'm working late, or here's the days I need time for fitness after or before work. Yeah, and that's so been the most helpful for me. So in with work and where, like, sometimes on your lunch break or you'll yeah. go early or run after work or something. And then um, mine has transitioned some. When the kids were little, younger, I was a part of, like, a mom workout group and I actually became an instructor for them called Stroller Strides. And you can, like, you bring your kids in the stroller and you get a workout and you're singing songs to them and stuff. So it's fun and interactive and you get a workout while you have your kids with you, um, which was great. But then we had three kids and they don't really make triple strollers anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was, I was teaching it and I was like bringing the two younger ones in the stroller and my oldest was like standing and it just was not going well. So I had to leave, unfortunately, like step back and not do that anymore, which was a big bummer. But 
um, just ended up like joining a gym down the street that had childcare. And it's just kind of one of those things like I like it. It has fun group classes and you just kind of find what works for your season, you know? So that's kind of the season I'm in right now. Like I love my kids. Like it's fun to work out with them. And you know, I, I see parents sometimes like working out at home with their kids. And I'm like, I just need an hour, like go in childcare for an hour and I'll do my class. So that's, it's worked well though. Yeah, that's understandable. Absolutely. And it, you know, it's great that there are a lot of gyms that are making an effort to include some form of childcare, whether it's a, a special room or special classes, mm-hmm. just to, again, I, I think they recognize that some parents just need that time. Yes, it's important for sure. So how have your um, skills overall changed since getting married to now as far as, you know, cooking and, you know, overall wellness? Yeah. Heather's, Heather's had gotten cook. way better. She's a great cook now. <laughs> yeah. She's yeah. Like the family. Burned, burnt meals and using the wrong spices because we didn't have something and thinking, oh, I can just uh, substitute this. And sure. It's awful. Yeah. It's green yeah, no. and it works. No right. more right? No more mushy green beans and uh, coming out of the can. I have not. I don't think I've ever really bought. I'll, I refuse to eat them, so I think she just gave up. <laughs> not like I tried a ton, but no. Yeah. yeah, we we eat fresh green beans. There's, I honestly, I still, I think would prefer the canned. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. So just trying new things and continually being the one who's cooking more because he is usually not as often. So I would say my skills have definitely improved. So Brian, do you have a favorite meal that Heather makes? I don't know if I have a favorite. Fish tacos? Yeah, I do like fish tacos and you make some good ones. What kind of fish? Usually just You do like tilapia or something, usually a white fish that you use, Mm -hmm. but she makes this really good like um, avocado cream sauce that she puts on the Mm -hmm. slaw and oh, it's really good. And then with like fried tortillas. Yeah. Tortilla shells. The best. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I, I just say this show has many fans of fish tacos. I feel like every time really? I ask someone, what's your favorite meal? Fish tacos fish, come up. Fish tacos come up a lot. Yeah. They're so easy. Because they're just so gosh darn good. Well, we've had a few exactly. couples that we've talked to from the West Coast too. So maybe that's part of it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Are the fish tacos better on the West Coast? Are tacos better on the West Coast? <laughs> I don't know. I think we've got some pretty good ones great. Right yeah, the yeah. seafood's really good along the West Coast, I think. But mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I'm sure. And East we're on the East Coast. So, like, I think it's just, it's just when you live close to the water, whether that fish is actually coming from that water or not, you're just right. more likely to eat those sorts of things, right? Because I'm pretty sure. sure there's no West Coast tilapia. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they, we still buy it. I don't know where it comes from. There's not. It all comes from, like, Ecuador. It's like Ecuador. Yeah, it's all Ecuador and yeah. one of the other nearby countries yeah but yeah i mean there's nothing easier than taking some fish cooking it up throwing it in tortilla and adding whatever you want on top of it Mm -hmm. what's funny in our dynamic is how messy her plate will be and how clean mine will be so like i don't know what it is she just doesn't have the uh head tilt for (laughs) you know yes i have a lot of pooping tacos so you take (laughs) a bite in it and like all shoots out the other end yeah, my son calls it an exploding taco because every time I bite it, it just kind of bursts everywhere. But I think we're similar on like the clean plate. Yours is your plate is normally like, no matter what we're eating, it's like licked clean. Yeah, there's nothing left. And mine always has stuff on it. <laughs> well, that, she never wants to wash my dishes. Yeah, hers is the clean plate usually, unless tacos are involved. Then there's not oh, okay. a spot on my plate. You would be like, you didn't even eat anything. But I had like three or four tacos that just not a drop of anything, not even the hot sauce or salsa hit the plate. Yeah, because like I make my tacos one at a time. So it's like I make like the first taco, eat it. Then I got to like go wipe the plate down, make the second one. It's like it's a process. They're so delicious. The though. head tilt is your friend. Head tilt. Yeah. <laughs> you you haven't mastered the head tilt yet. That's the perfect angle. I think it's different for everybody. I mean, I know mine. Mine's like right here. It's not even like a 90 degree. It's like a 45 yeah, yeah, you yeah. get like sixty. Yeah, sixty degrees, whatever. It's some, it's, but it's not like perpendicular. Okay, sure. Um, you got to find your, you got to find your comfort zone. Okay. <laughs> we don't have the exploding taco or the pooping taco, whatever you want. <laughs> so everybody's homework is to figure out their ideal head tilt That's right. angle, yeah. degree, yeah, and report back. There you go. Sounds good. <laughs> So 
I know, um, Heather, you did a lot of fitness with, with your kids when they were younger. How about for both of you, do you find time for fitness with either each other or separately? Yeah, we try to when we can. Um, we definitely enjoy doing those things together. So it makes it easier with, um, uh, we like to run or hike or bike. Like those are typically easy family things that we can do. Cause if we're both doing them, we're usually taking the kids with us. And now it's, it's gotten nice the last year or so with our oldest being able to like ride a bike on his own. So he can ride next to us while we're running and the, we can push the two little ones in the stroller or something. So yeah, we definitely try to make time. I think we're going to try and hike today actually and stuff, but it's just a like talking yourself up. Okay, we can do this. Like pack all the snacks, <laughs> keep people happy. Let's go. <laughs> like pep talk <laughs> before we do it. Yeah. It's so easy to just be like, oh, it's hard because they're, you know, they're whining. It's yeah. easier to go. I think over them. the years we've been, we've enjoyed doing runs together, yeah. you know, 10 Ks or half marathons or whatever. Amazing. Neither of us are full marathon type, but we enjoy that challenge. Um, I think we like it because like I, I'm definitely more built for running and you were, so we're on the same level. I feel like most like sports and things like we've played tennis together, but he like kills me every single time at tennis, like doesn't even try to let me win. So it's only fun for so long, but like running, if I tried, I could like really, yeah, you're a natural runner. Yeah. (laughs) I could be good and like in a, be faster than Brian at least. So we're on the same level. (laughs) So it's easy to do it. It's a good joint activity. Yes. Yeah. And my fitness has changed lately. Just it's harder to find the time, I guess, too, with the kids. But a lot of it's just driven towards what the military requires me to be able to do. Yeah, I guess take fitness so tests. Like our fitness tests, there's certain exercises and certain distances you have to test for. So that's basically what I do is to make sure I can do that. Yes. Yeah. It's just a season. So. So what's the, like, give us an example of like how far you have to run or an exercise you have to do. Yeah, so this the standard Air Force fitness test, you do a mile and a half run, as many push-ups as you can in a minute, and as many sit-ups as you can in a minute, and then there's some body stuff, your like weight and your waist, waist measurement and stuff like that, and then they put your numbers into an algorithm and come up with a score. So there's minimums in each category that you have to meet, and then there's a total minimum to pass the test. Gotcha. All right. It's like uh, it's like a uh, CrossFit with an algorithm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Coming from somebody who did CrossFit for a few years. Except you can get kicked out of it if you don't. Oh, pass. right. If you right. don't, if you don't meet the it minimum, can, okay. they'll X you. Yeah. 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 There's always one category that's always harder than the rest, and that ends up being the thing you struggle with. So you just have to get the minimum. Yep. Just get the minimum in that category and do good in the others. Now, like with things like push-ups, is there somebody there that's making sure like you're doing it perfectly, oh, yeah. like chest hitting the floor? Yeah, they're very particular up. about like the angle of your arms right. and how deep you go on the push-up and, and your sit-up, like making sure your shoulder blades hit the floor and your elbows hit your legs on the way up. And, I mean, that's, that's the only yeah. appropriate thing to do is so have now, a standard. Yeah. And so then, now, yeah. Okay, so now a traditional military push-up, are the elbows out? Do the elbows go outwards or do they... So they don't really care which direction your elbow goes. You just have to get to that 90 degree angle. If and that you makes can't sense. Go, yeah, and you can't go past the 90 degrees or... You can. You just but have to go at touch, least to that right? low. Okay. Right. You're not supposed to physically touch the floor. Got it. So you have to get to 90 at your elbow and then you can come back up. So it's like, it's like a chaturanga in yoga. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. He doesn't either, but I know what you're talking about. And I think you've learned it's funny. You're like the key to push-ups is speed. Yeah, just like as fast as as you can, can, as many as you can. Yes, because then as soon as you like take a break, you're you're, he's like I'm over. Yeah, and then they have these rules as to like what position you can break in, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's always like not a very comfortable position to take a break in. So it makes it hard. You just got to go until you're. Until you're done. <laughs> right. Got it. Now, um, did you serve in the Air Force? Yeah, I'm still active duty. And then that's where you work now as a pediatrician? Yeah, yeah. So my full-time gig is um, as a pediatrician with the Air Force. So I actually yep. did a scholarship program, um, joined after undergrad, and they pay for medical school. And then after residency, which he did with the Air Force as well, but after residency, they start counting time. So he owed four years for his four years of medical school. So that's what we're in right now. Yep. Gotcha. Nice. Have you guys had to move around a lot? 
Just not necessarily because of the Air Force, just more moving to medical school and moving to residency and then moving to my first assignment with the Air Force. So, yeah, it has been a lot of moves. But um, it would have been. They may have happened anyway, so, yeah. if that makes sense. Sure. All right. So tell us now, um, you know, I know we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, the expectations of raising kids. So um, expectations aside, how are you actually going ahead and working to raise some healthy eaters, especially with so many different ages now and, and different per- tastes. personalities and tastes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a couple of different things we're trying to do be, I think consistency is the key, right? Mm-hmm. But um, when like just setting realistic like schedules and standards for them that like they know you're not eating all day long, but you're not going to be hungry either because, you know, we have set meal times, we have set snack times so that if they're coming to us in between those times, like they know, no, we're not right now, but in an hour you can eat. That's fine. Do they like that? No, not all the time, but it works. I mean, I just, I'm, we keep telling ourselves, just keep doing this and eventually they'll be okay with it. It's more just like the personalities of the kids. So the, the one, one of our children gets very upset about that, but he gets upset about a lot of things. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So setting, setting those schedules helps a lot. And then I think we're just big on, especially at dinner time. like we're not, we're not making meals for everyone in the family. Like we're making one meal. I try and include things that I know that, that they like. So even if it's, you know, I'm making some type of casserole or pasta dish that maybe they won't eat, that I think they won't eat, you know, putting some fruit or vegetable on the side that I know that they'll eat or, you know, slices of bread or something that at least there's something that I know that they'll try. But um, just being, having that be like a hard and fast rule, like this is dinner, this is what we're having, like try what you want. And then if you come to us and tell us you're hungry after dinner, they know you just get reheated dinner. <laughs> yeah, you get the same thing offered again. Yeah, you can't like not eat dinner and then come to me and tell me you want a bowl of cereal and get that. Yeah, I mean, to summarize, I think it's we like to control what and when they eat, but they yeah. kind of control how much of it and what they're going to try. And, I, you know, one of the things I see in clinic a lot are for picky eaters is they, they graze a lot. And so they eat small amounts all the time. And it's a huge problem, I think, in pediatric health. And so you know, just having a schedule and sticking to it. And then they kind of learn and they know that that's when mealtime is. So mm-hmm. um, I think those are the big two things. Yeah. And then we, we try and model that like healthy balance as well. Like I said, kind of earlier, like, yes, we want to eat sweets and we do at times, but we also want to eat vegetables and we will with you, you know what I mean? So, and being okay with like, there's things he doesn't like. And there's things I don't like, but if they're in a meal, like we're going to try them and encouraging our kids to do the same, you know? Yeah, that's super important. And I remember when I was in school, the whole like, don't be a short order cook was a big thing yeah. that they would always tell us to enforce with any parents that we worked with because same thing. It's like, number one, you don't have time to make four different dinners for people. Right. And like you said, kind of really putting those parameters around like, you know, try this like this and you know, maybe after X amount of times, you're going to realize that maybe they really don't like it. Right. Or in the meantime, you know, I think, you know, that role of if you come to me later and you're hungry, you're going to get the same thing. Right. Is, is a good one. Cause I mean, again, it's a matter of, you know, really teaching kids to, you know, number one, respect authority and also with just overall what they're eating and, and, and when. helping to expose and, and when they're eating exactly. Yeah. And it's amazing. Like with, you know, patients you see and clients I talk to as well, like just how many people are being short order cooks or, you know, are doing those things. And I'm like, I am exhausted just like getting a meal on the table. Like, I don't know how you're making four or five meals or whatever it is that you're giving them. So I feel like it's just simplicity's sake. Like it'll make everyone's life easier. Mm-hmm. I remember too, like we would tell a lot of the the parents that um, when I was doing rotations and stuff, they were like, give the kid X amount of time to like sit there and eat. And then if they don't eat within a certain time, then like, that's it. They're done. They're done. Yeah. Um, Cause I think a lot of people feel like they're going to starve their children if they don't eat, if they don't eat something. 
Right. Yeah, it's definitely a worry. But it, I think overall, I mean, there are some kids like with issues you need to be concerned about. But overall, when they get hungry enough, they will eat. eat. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's what we've always been told is like kids will eat when they're hungry. Right. And how about getting kids in the kitchen? That is definitely, I mean, I think we see the value of that as well. Again, I think it's parents don't always want to do that and ourselves included because it's so much easier to just like make the meal on your own and like keep them occupied doing something else. But we've seen good results in our own kids, Mm -hmm. even just um, getting them excited about eating something that they normally wouldn't like things like they won't normally touch greens, any sort of lettuce or spinach or things like that. But Get, getting them to like help me make a shake or something and putting those greens in the shake. They're all excited about it. And I'm like, it's so funny. Like you won't touch this outside of it, but, mm-hmm. but you'll be so excited to like grab the spinach and put it in the blender with me. Or um, yeah. So I think it's just including them when we can include them to doing, you know, one, they're just learning those life skills, which is super important. Like his parents did a great job of, Help you, teaching you how to cook, right? Yeah, this, for sure. This love would not have you happened have, without your... Yeah, <laughs> right. you have yeah, to yeah. pass those skills forward onto your yeah. sons yeah. so that they yeah, can meet some sure. lovely future wives No as marriage well. without any chicken Alfredo. That's right. right. They got yeah. to know how to do it. Well, and that's funny because I, I can think back now of when I met Heather and when I would watch her cook, I'd be like, why is she using that utensil to do that? <laughs> I you know? didn't know that. Just, just the, sim- <laughs> the simple things of like... Was it like you were trying to cut everything with a little paring knife? Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, drives me insane. Yeah. It does. Me too. Yeah. Like, here's the knife. For the record, I don't do that. No, you don't. But I have. I just felt like I needed to clear that. No, you don't. Not talking about. You don't. But I do like cooking workshops, and like these women will come, and like they have a big girl knife, and they'll sit there and take this like little teeny tiny paring knife and try and cut like cucumbers and tomatoes, and like it's just awkward. And I don't know if they're scared of the big knife or what. Yeah. Exactly. So. That you've obviously learned all that stuff since, but um, yeah, teaching your kids we when just they're don't young. Know any better. Yeah, <laughs> teaching them when they're young. Hopefully, it's worth it. Let's get them the little kid knife so that they can help chop stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. they love doing that kind of stuff, anyways. Yeah, I would say the other thing too is um, like allowing them to pick out stuff when they when you go grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. We've actually started using like the the online grocery shopping, so you don't have to take the kids in the store; you just show up and pick it up. But when we do go to the store, it's nice to have like the picky eaters in the family like, hey, you can pick out one new fruit or vegetable this time that you've never seen or tried before. And then we'll take it home and try it. And it's surprising how often our picky kid will actually get something new and try it just because he feels like he was in control of that whole situation. It's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like all this learning, all the strategies as well with with the kids. It's like like you said, the more control that they have over it, they're excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, hey, let's try this really weird looking vegetable or fruit. Right. Mm-hmm. Are there any that like you've had to try as a result of the kids picking them out? Oh, yeah. One time you yeah. brought, I, there's a, a lot of weird fruit. stuff. A dragon fruit was one recently. Yeah, I had never tried that before. And then there, um, it's not like really exotic, but uh, I had never heard of it. A galea melon. It's kind of like a cantaloupe or a honeydew. It's kind of, it was greenish in the middle. But and it looked more like a honeydew on the outside, but it was super good. Yeah, it was really good. It was, you know, I'm like, good job, you picked a good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you have to like YouTube and see like how do I? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what is this supposed to look like? When I know it's ready? more the dragon fruit too. I was like, I mean, I've seen pictures of this, but I've never like actually cut one. Yeah. I know it's good. It's good for us too because we get you know everyone gets in their own like routine of what you normally eat. So to have um, reason to branch out from that has been really good. Mm-hmm. Cool. And I know you mentioned like your little one who rides his, or not your little one, your oldest mm-hmm. one, like rides his bike now. So what other types of activities are the kids getting into? Yeah, our oldest loves his bike and his scooter. Big into sports and he's kind of at that age where team sports are starting. Yeah. So that's fun, like T-ball. T-ball last year <laughs> and they both played soccer this year. Um, our oldest likes to run too. He's, yeah. he's, yeah, I think he gets your genetics in that regard. He's a natural runner and he's done a few of those like little kid runs yeah. and he always wants to like race us at the end of our runs or whatever. So smart at the end. Yeah. Of the run. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
It's the last hundred feet, buddy. You got it. <laughs> We're the most tired. You, you have know. a good little pacer there. Yeah. yeah. Right? In the so that's good. And then the other ones, um, well, our middle one is he's just not as coordinated mm-hmm. as everyone else, which is totally good and fine. But um, and he's more he's just our picky one in general. So he wants to do everything on his own terms. Yeah, he's more um, hesitant. So once he yeah. realizes he can do it, then he's cool. But he's hesitant to try something new. But so he we, it takes a little more convincing to get him to do things. But usually if we can find some way to like incorporate bugs or animals into fitness. <laughs> like he's all about it. Like one, one time we went hiking and obviously didn't plan it, but we found these like really furry caterpillars on the trail. And as we were walking, we started counting them and we ended up seeing like over 30 or 40. He just kept going. And he was so excited. Like, let's keep going. Let's keep going. And that was like the best hike we've ever had with him. He was so engaged. (laughs) Find the caterpillars. Yeah. And and then the the little ones. Um, I was going to ask if the two boys, do they um, hang together, play together, or are they kind of like separate? No, they're like best friends. They're. Unless they're beating each other. Yeah. I mean. Constant wrestling and, and boy fighting, but yeah, they're like best friends. Yeah. I mean, that's what best guy friends do. They wrestle and beat right. each other up, and then they're hugging it up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what I hear. <laughs> I'm one of three boys, so I'm. I am? Yeah, yeah you got it then. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why we were talking about broken bones and mm-hmm. all the other things that happened. Mm-hmm. But all things considered. A pediatrician in your family would have been. Yeah, that would have been, yeah, that- that been clutch. Yeah, that's even in other families like the other, like your brother's families now could probably still benefit from. Yeah, probably. Yeah, they, they're probably not as bad. They have the oldest one's a, a girl, so she kind of balances things out, I think. <laughs> so in your in your family overall in your life, how would you guys really try to prioritize just overall healthy living? For me, fitness is probably the bigger part, obviously eating is important too, but, um, I've always just enjoyed sports and outdoorsy stuff. And so I think the more you can get the kids out of the house and even if it's something simple as riding your bike in the neighborhood or going on a walk at the end of the day, I mean, those simple things are huge for kids. So, and then the bigger stuff, like you were mentioning the runs and the hikes and all of that. Um, but you know, I I think a big problem in our society today is just kids indoor on their screens and, kind of that whole lazy kind of demeanor. And um, so the more you can get them outside and run them around, the better. And it tires them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they sleep better. Yeah, you sleep so, better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah, once a day at least, get outside, do something active. Yeah, it's harder in the winter, obviously, but get their coats on and get them out there for 30 minutes before they freeze and mm-hmm. let them run crazy, and then they come back in, so... Yeah, or find, you know, there's lots of like, I mean, depending where you live, but there's usually indoor options, even if, I mean, in our um, town, there's a a nice, like one of those remodeled McDonald's, you know, and the play places in those, in the new ones are actually really nice. So sometimes they're just like, we're just going there, go play. (laughs) (laughs) It's always like, McDonald's is not one of our favorites for us to eat, but I mean, no shame in eating there, but we, he's always like, we can't just go there and not eat. I'm like, they won't even notice. Just <laughs> get a copy and yeah, you're good. So you'll play in the ball pit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that they have those anymore. Oh I've no, never, not at like um, fast food places. I haven't seen any. I haven't seen one in a while either. Probably because kids pee in them. I know. Yeah, I was gonna I say they're probably like germ pits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. something nice. Yes, bottom. Too much yeah. liability. Right. Do you have any, like, as, as, like, a pediatrician, do you have any, like, hard set rules of, like, things, like, you do or don't let your kids do? Oh, man. I don't know if it's me as a pediatrician more as much as just me as a parent. I'm, I'm big into limiting screen time. I think most pediatricians, there's a lot of data now on limiting screen time, especially for the younger kids. Obviously, our kids love movies and they love TV, but um, limiting that is a huge lifestyle thing. That's probably one. Um I don't know what else. I think that's good. Yeah. That's your soapbox. That yeah. and not necessarily like health and fitness related, but um that and vaccines. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I mean I obviously mean, health healthcare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Healthcare is a big thing. So 
protecting yourself against all those nasty things that are out there for kids. So, And Heather, as a dietitian, are you the mom who brings the fruit and the vegetable platters to the parties or do you bring snacks and goodies like everyone else? Sure. I think it depends on the group that we're going to. If um, if we, I know we're going in somewhere where no one's going to provide that, I'll try to bring something. But if it's, especially here in California, we have a few other family friends who are in like healthcare fields, like another mom who's a dietitian or nurses and things like that. And so I feel like those gatherings usually have a good array of healthy options. So we can, we can bring some of those sweet things too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dietitians don't just bring fruits and vegetables to the party. Well, Mm -hmm. crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys have shared a ton of really good advice and information from your own life and experience and professions. What advice would you give to couples out there who are just looking to get on track with their nutrition, fitness, just overall wellness and lifestyle? I think one of the things I would say is um, if you can, while it is important to find something that you love to do, whether you do that alone or with your partner, I think it can be super beneficial to do some of these like fitness health related things together. So whether it's, you know, like if we can run together or if he agrees to not cream me in tennis, like doing those (laughs) kinds of shared activities and making um, that fitness aspect something that you guys can do and enjoy. um, I think it can be really beneficial. Yeah. For somebody who's just trying to get started, I think what you're getting at is accountability. So Whether that's something as simple as forking over the money to join the gym so that you feel like you're invested financially to go work out or it's your partner or it's a friend or even a schedule, a certain time of your day, just finding a way to have something that you're accountable to and reliant upon to keep motivating you is probably huge. Yeah, absolutely. So as professionals in the healthcare industry, do either of you have anything you're working on that you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, I mean, we're kind of new to the space, but um, starting a health and wellness like blog and Instagram account. So you can find us there. We're at um, the doctor and the dietitian on Instagram. And we have a website with the same name, um, thedoctorandthedietitian.com. And we'll have links to that in the show notes so people can click. Perfect. Thanks. Yeah. And yeah, just with that, we really want to empower parents to, you know, make these healthy habits like we've been talking about and just make it not seem so scary and daunting. So they can check us out and follow us on there. And then with um, we're working on like workshop type programs that parents can be a part of to help with picky eating. Nice. So what kind of information can people get at your blog? Yeah, so it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of medical stuff. So um kind of the classic pediatric questions that parents have, stuff as simple as how to deal with the common cold and natural remedies and stuff like that. Obviously, that's more from my side and from Heather's side, like she was mentioning, healthy eating um, and empowering parents. Yeah, empowering parents to, you know, teach their kids those healthy habits. Um, Dealing with picky eating and then just simple things with, you know, saving money at the grocery store and how to make meals that aren't super expensive. Yeah, there's recipe tips and um, just general information like that too. So, nice. Do you guys have any recipes on your blog? We do. There's a couple right now, but yeah, we're working on more. All right. Well, if you have a favorite, let me know. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes also. Okay. Cool. I think up there's a um, up already is a good one for a butternut squash and spinach tortellini. Nice. That's a, an easy way that we can get our kids to eat those vegetables. Yeah. It's delicious. <laughs> I think you're going to have to get your famous chicken Alfredo on there too. I know oh, it's yeah. probably not healthy necessarily, but I think you got to balance it out with some fun too, right? Wait, wait. We've, we've hyped it up on the yeah. show. We got we to yeah. get it out there. All right. Yeah. Okay. I'll work on it. I'll bring it back. <laughs> Take it out of the archives. Bring it back. <laughs> right? Motivating him. Good job. <laughs> nice. So, um, so you gave us your, um, your website, the doctor, the doctor and the dietitian.com. You're mm-hmm. at the doctor and the dietitian over on Instagram and then email. We can find you at the doctor and the dietitian at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you guys have any other words of wisdom to share out there? Anything wow. Else? <laughs> what do you got? Eat your vegetables. <laughs> uh, I, have one, I have a twist on that. I saw a t-shirt once. It says, eat your veggies, bitch. So I had to buy it for her. 
once. There you, you go. saw it once, and now it is. Yeah. In- that's that's in my in my normal language now. Eat your veggies, bitch. There you See, go. Accountability. <laughs> it's on your shirt. <laughs> so you can wear that at dinner time when you, you have to have want to eat. That's right. Right? Yeah. Get the shirt out. Yep. Point to it. Yep. Get it done. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for taking some time to chat with us today. And uh, I know there was a project getting um, the the kids all squared away so you can have a nice, quiet conversation for an hour. Yeah, kudos on that. <laughs> so good job on that one. And I hope you guys get out and enjoy your hike today and have a wonderful rest of your weekend out and about and active. Cool. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you on Instagram. Um, <laughs> Um, do yeah. either of you have any disclosures to share? Yeah, uh, just that my thoughts and words from this conversation do not reflect anything on the U.S. government. And as we always say, the advice on here does not replace the care of a medical doctor, unless there's a pediatrician on the show. Then, then that replaces all advice. <laughs> right, and don't text your pediatrician weird pictures unless you know them personally. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, a, that's a good life Thing. Don't just don't text weird pictures to people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have some of my friends who are dads, and they'll send me pictures, and I'm like, "Dude, you're over 18. Like, stop sending these pictures." <laughs> <laughs> and they do it just to mess with me. Though it'll be like a random body part that you can't even tell what it is, right. and you're like, "I don't know what I'm looking at," and you're over 18, so yeah. sorry. I can't care. For <laughs> you're out of luck. <laughs> That's funny. Awesome. Well, that's a great way to end the show. Thanks, guys, so much again. Nice meeting you. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Wow, Heather and Brian, it is always awesome connecting, not just with a fellow registered dietitian, but a healthcare super duo with you guys as far as a dietitian and a pediatrician goes. So we wish you guys the best of luck with everything that you have going on with your blog and some of your upcoming programs. If you would like to be like Heather and Brian and join us here on the podcast to tell us all about how you're living your best life ever, or at least just figuring out between the two of you, then shoot us an email, podcast at nutritionnuptials.com. You can tell us all about what it is that you've learned or are still learning and how you can help some other couples out there get on track when it comes to their health and wellness goals. You can also connect with the show over on Instagram. We're at nutrition underscore nuptials. And we love to hear from you guys as well as we are always looking to feature other couples too. So you can also shoot us an email or a DM and tell us your story from there. Give us some love. Other places that you can give us some love, that is iTunes. You can head on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. Not only does it help us learn what you're loving about the show, what you want to hear more of, what you maybe want to hear less of, but it also helps others find and connect with the show. And again, our mission is all about helping couples learn how to live their happily lifestyles together. So help us spread the mission and leave us a review over on iTunes. If you are looking to connect with Mandy, the dietitian, you can find me over on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube and Pinterest at Mandy Enright. RD. And that's where I post a lot of uh, nutrition information, recent articles. I've written blog posts. Just like to keep y'all educated about how you can live healthy as an individual as well as a couple. If you are looking for some ways to jumpstart your health and wellness journey, head on over to nutritionnuptials.com. That's the blog that started it all with recipes, tips, information, all about helping you get on track. I also have information about services I offer for brides and couples that include learning how to meal plan, meal prep, and get on track with your fitness goals right in the comfort of your own home. So you can learn all about that over at nutritionnuptials.com. You can find out about my bride and couple services at nutritionnuptials.com slash brides or nutritionnuptials.com slash couples. And guess what? We're going to have all this information in the show notes. So if you don't have a pen and paper handy to write this all down, that's okay. Head on over to the show notes and you can get all the info you need right then and there. We're always looking to connect with our people and the best way to do so is heading on over to Facebook. We are at the Nutrition Nuptials VIP After Party. That is our podcast 
Facebook group. It's a closed group, but anyone is welcome to join. And that's where we keep the conversation going after the show. So you can drop a note for Heather and Brian, share your stories, maybe share some weird texts that you sent to your pediatrician or weird pictures that you've sent over. Not like super weird, but like, hey, I have this weird rash kind of weird pictures that you sent over. And uh, they'd love to hear from you guys as well. So it's all about connecting our couples together in a community. That's the Nutrition Nuptials VIP After Party over on Facebook. And finally, if you want to become the super bomb diggity VIP show supporter, Taco is totally laughing at me right now. You can head on over to Patreon. We are at patreon.com slash nutrition nuptials. And that is where you can become a special supporter of the show. We have donators at the dollar, five and $10 level. And any level of giving is very much appreciated. We do the show for you guys and we always appreciate the support to help keep the show going. Over on Patreon, you can get some special bonuses as far as some discounts, giveaways, and other ways that you can work with a dietitian. So head on over to patreon.com slash nutritionnuptials to find out more about how you can become a super awesome special VIP show supporter. And with that said, I think our work here is done. So thank you guys again so much for tuning into the show, learning a little bit more about Heather and Brian and their mission and their work. And again, it all just comes together with helping our couples learn how to live their happily, healthfully ever after. Thanks so much, everyone. Adios, amigos.